0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio.
3: I am the senior assistant minister or executive minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, We're in the midst of uh, a series titled abundance now, which is based upon the book of the same title by Lisa Nichols. Uh, It's a fabulous book, excellent read. And, you know, just studying it for this show, I've, uh, browse through it before, but just studying it to teach it here made me realize that if I really, really taught this book in a way that it could be taught, it would take a, a real solid year to really process just the amount of nuggets that are in this book. It's a really well written book and you know about how to work through your stuff, how to work through your goals, et etc, et etc. So again, If you don't have the book, I strongly recommend that as you are following along with this series uh, that you get the book Abundance Now by Lisa Nichols so you can follow along, read along. Because one of the things I want to emphasize is I'm doing an overview of these chapters. The chapters are very long. Therefore, it's important for you to realize that there are going to be some things. Well, let me rephrase that. There are going to be many things that are on cover in the chapters that are good but I'm just making a judgment call on teaching this versus that because it's just too much stuff and I don't want to teach this book for a whole year. I want some other things I want to do this year with the show. Therefore, I want to expose you to the material. Uh, I want to uh, allow you to have some highlights and then you can get the book, do your own work, do your own prayer work with the material and get your own results. You know, so in many ways, I'm being a conduit through which you can get good information, whether it's a Lisa Nichols book or it's a Charles Fillmore book that was written 100 years ago. It doesn't make a difference. For me, what matters is you have the ability to transform your life in ways that matter to you. It matters to me that... Whatever the experiences you're having currently that might have you stuck, perplexed, or paused, you can have the techniques needed to be able to push through for your own breakthroughs. So let's get right to it. So today we're going to start with chapter two. It's titled, The First E, Enrichment of Your Whole Self. And it starts with a quote by Lisa, where she says, Self-development is a greater commitment and a greater requirement than self-sacrifice. All right. So she starts off with what do you need to have to be successful? What do you need to have to have an abundant life? What do you need to have to make life work? So she says, first sentence, what's the most critical ingredient to living an abundant life? It's your mindset. The knowing that enables you to push past limiting beliefs, take on new opportunities with confidence, and succeed in getting what you want. So it doesn't make a difference how much information you have if your mindset does not allow you to utilize it or comprehend it properly. As I've said many times on this show, the key to new thought in in particular is change your mind and keep it changed. But I think that's just in general life, not just new thought. Change your mind and keep it changed. It's a mindset. What's your paradigm? What's your context? What's your point of view? What's your dominant state of mind? Because when you have a dominant state of mind of I got to make this work. I'm a go-getter. God is the source of my supply. Infinite blessings are supposed to happen to me. Miracles are supposed to happen to me. That makes you move and navigate differently. Just that mindset. That mindset that says, okay, this is what I want. Now, what do I need to get and who do I need to be to get it? That mindset will drive you to get up to do what you need to do. You know, I can remember... Hearing uh, stories uh, about uh, Peyton Manning when he was playing for the Indianapolis Colts as quarterback, and people saying that he was at practice studying film for the coaches, that he knew the playbook better than the coaches, that he knew where everybody was supposed to be—that's the quarterback's job. But because he was so well versed, he was like he—he he was like a coach on the field. Now, he wasn't just relying on his exceptional talent. He was relying on exceptional talent mixed with preparation to get him to an elite level. Levels that few people have ever ascended to. And there's some things that he's done that nobody's ever done. How do you do that? As a person How do you become that person who will do what it takes to win? Mindset. Mindset. She goes on to say. To live an abundant life. You're going to have to take responsibility for your thoughts, your actions, and most importantly, your reactions to what life throws at you. So you've heard me say, say it before. One hundred percent responsibility. The thoughts you hold in mind, your feelings, your words, your actions, your reactions. We teach that in the Universal Foundation for Better Living as a part of the law demonstration as part of humanity's responsibilities. As a child of God, right thinking, right feelings, right words, right actions, right reaction. What is right? Right is in alignment with the with divine principle, with spirit, with God, with the will of God, with the intention of God. Well, how can I learn these things? You got to do your inner work. You got to do your prayer work. You got to. Is, is, is it based on love? Is it based upon wisdom? Is it in divine order? She goes on to say, while most people look outside themselves to place blame for what's wrong in their lives and for the reasons why they don't enjoy an abundant lifestyle, you have to take the position that you have the power to create the life of your dreams, regardless of your current circumstances. So as I tell people in my uh, Mastermind for Success class on at the at Christ Universal Temple in the Johnny Coleman Institute, our model for the class is E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. There are going to be some events. There are going to be some things. There are going to be some experiences that, that happen in life that you won't see coming. For whatever reason, they're there. We can talk about all the metaphysical reasons of track, law of attraction, cause and effect, um, collective consciousness. There's so many variables. But it's there. Now what are you going to do? That's your reaction. And your reaction will be consistent with your mindset, with your context, with the paradigm you live out of. You see from your paradigm. You see from your context. You see from your point of view. You see from your dominant state of consciousness. So if that mindset is not conditioned to truth, What's well, true about God is true about me. If it's not conditioned to truth, that God is love and I am love. If it's not conditioned to truth, God is the creator and sustainer of the all of the universe, and I'm one with the creator and sustainer of the universe. Therefore, God is the source of my supply. If it's not, if this mindset isn't solidified on as the Bible say says, excuse me, on the rock. Then, when situations happen, the consciousness won't be up to the task at hand. Back to the book. She says, "Now it is time to add the re- excuse me, headphone, requisite mindset to the power." That power and begin to living the life you deserve. So, how do you do that? She says the first thing you have to do is shift your language, shift your mind. Now, this is key. Shift your language, shift your mind. Because many times we don't realize the language that we that comes out of our mouths is very is is, is a reflection of what we're really thinking about. And one of the Best ways to transform your mind is to start being mindful about what's coming out of your mouth. This is why that book, The Complaint Free World, is so powerful. I did a series on it. If you are looking at ways in which you can control what's coming out of your mouth, I would strongly suggest that you get the book and then listen to that series, or listen to the series and buy the book, however you need to work with it. But the key was. For for that unity minister, who, uh, I can't remember his name right now, who wrote that book was, don't worry about what you're thinking right now. Just worry about what not work, but be concerned about what you're going to, what you're saying. So he had a thing every time you complain, every time you uh, having those limiting conversations, every time you're, you know, just not being in, in alignment with your integrity, which when it comes to your mouth. Gave some, you know, consistent things that are not popping up in my head right now. You move the little band from one wrist to the other. And the idea was to go 21 days without the complaints and the other things that went along with the complaints. Now, why is that important? Because just by moving that wristband, you realize just how um, inconsistent our language or your language is. You'll realize that really quickly. Like, okay, I say that I'm about truth, but I'm throwing shade. I'm complaining and complaining in, by the purest definition is uh, addressing something without dealing with how to uh, fix it or talking to a, about a situation with a person who, who doesn't know anything about it or can't handle it. Or fix it, et cetera, et cetera. So, or creating a story around it. So if you really want to transform your experiences, start by transforming what comes out of your mouth. She says... You and you alone are the creator of your abundant life. Now you say, well, God is the creator of my abundant life. God gives you the raw material of called life. God has given you thought. God has given you feeling. God is giving you the power of the spoken word. God has given you the ability to move and navigate in the three-dimensional world. God has given you faith. God has given you love and all the other spiritual qualities. So God has given you the raw material. What are you doing with it or with them is the question. So Lisa goes on to say, and one of the very first to do items is to begin talking differently about your plans, projects, relationships, and dreams. Talking differently. How do you talk about your life? If a person was to listen to you talk about your life, what a person who didn't know you and just listen to you talk about your life, your plans, your projects, your relationships, your dreams, what would they come away with far as an understanding about you? She goes on and says, when you share them with others using upbeat language about your intended outcomes. ah. So when you're talking about things, now you're talking about outcomes, not just the dreams, but the outcomes, intended outcomes. In other words, now let me try this and see what happens. And describing in vivid detail what success looks like to you, you create a picture in your mind of what you want in that area of your life. So by speaking it, you have to think it. And the more you talk about it, the more vivid it becomes in your mind. She goes on to say this new language of abundance actually causes you consciously and unconsciously to overcome limiting beliefs and actually take those actions that will bring about the results you want. Now, I love this, this new language of abundance, and it made me uh, when I was studying this last night in preparation for today's show, I went back in my mind. And I started to think about my early days in new thought under the, the ministry and guidance of the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, and she was a stickler about language. Oh, my God, you couldn't say certain things around her. She would not allow people to have conversations about old age around her. She would say, you all have me fool around. I can't get out of my own car. You all talking about old this and old that. The body don't work and illness or whatever. She never said illnesses of any kind. She made up a word about to, to as a, a substitute word for sicknesses and illnesses. She called it the bonkers of the concus because she never verbalized anybody's illness. It didn't make a difference who she was working with, praying with, whatever, including her own when she talked about her story of her six months, when she was given six months to live because of an incurable disease. That was as far as you would get with her. She would never name it. She wouldn't allow people to use the word budget around her. She would say, God doesn't have a budget. God has a financial plan now for me a budget and a financial plan are the same thing but for her the word budget sounded restrictive so she didn't use it why am I sharing this because it made me realize that what she was doing was shifting our language to a language of abundance Uh, she would say never use I am with anything negative so you know when people use terms like I am and they put things like sorry with it like no Like, nobody will ever hear me say those words. I'll say, I apologize, or forgive me, or something like that, but I don't use I am with anything negative. She's like, I am is God's name. That's your spiritual identity. You don't use I am with anything that's not uplifting. She was helping us shift our language. And she would use little subtle sayings, that we can remember because those little sayings could help us shift our thinking to a thought of abundance. God is the source of my supply. Prosperity is my birthright. She would say that all all the time. Prosperity is my birthright. Now, why is that important? Because when you're thinking about what's happening and you're looking at more month than money, more bills than what is Currently, in the bank account, shifting the thought to God is the source of my of my supply and prosperity is my birthright is a major shift because that shift creates opportunity. That shift creates possibility. That shift creates the opportunity for the for resources, people, and circumstances to align for you to get the desired or intended result. So she was helping us shift our language. Never say something negative about yourself from the standpoint of, you know, it was was interesting. Now, we're coming up on our first break, so I'm going to stop here for a moment, and uh, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
4: What got you started on your spiritual path? Minister and radio host Paul John Roach says his path began when he heard George Harrison of the Beatles talking about Hindu philosophy and meditation. Paul John writes about it in the current edition of Unity Magazine. And don't miss the interview with Eben Alexander, the neurologist whose near-death experience led him to write Proof of Heaven. It's all in the September-October edition of Unity Magazine. Go to Unity.org and click on Publications. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on UnityOnlineRadio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music.
2: Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So I'm talking about shifting your language, shift your mind. Uh, and, And I was using some of Reverend Coleman's examples because obviously that was a part of my training, my mental conditioning. And it's important to understand that one of the greatest things that a spiritual teaching will do is change your language now? Before we get back into the book, let, rem, let me remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you freely receive, freely give. Go to Unity FM, click on the Giving or Donate button, whatever that button says. Because I know many people, the majority of people, listen to this show via the podcast. Therefore, you're not even going to the website. So my request is, as you have been freely receiving this information that i hope is benefiting your life seed back into the ministry so we can continue to spread this ministry uh this message through this online ministry throughout the world again go on unity.fm and click on the giving or donate button also reminder that this show has a facebook page truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell my request is that you, uh, if you're on Facebook, like the page, give it a five-star rating, write a positive review. Also, the show is on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, I do know that I've had some people say that they have a hard time finding it on iTunes now that iTunes is different on the iPhones. It's harder to find the podcast. I think you might have to have the podcast app. I'm not really sure because I have it on my phone already. When I go to the music app now, it doesn't say iTunes. It's difficult. So um, hopefully I can get some clarity on that, Um, I'm meaning to check on that. But one way or another, if you're listening to it on iTunes, give it a five-star rating. Give it a positive review. It helps the algorithms. Uh, uh, Also, if you listen to it on the Stitcher app, uh, also do the same. Give it a five-star rating. Write a positive review. It helps the algorithms get the information in front of people. We want to get this podcast in front of as many people as possible we possibly, possibly can because we're talking about this stuff that helps transform lives. Truth transforms. That's why I named the show Truth Transforms because I really believe and know and and have experienced a transformed live, life Rather, because of truth. Anyway, back to the book. Page 62. She says, uh, going back to that uh, last paragraph, this new language of abundance actually causes you consciously and unconsciously to overcome limiting beliefs and actually take those actions that will bring about the results you want. How? How? By setting up a state of cognitive dissonance in your mind, cognitive dissonance is the feeling of discomfort that comes from a discrepancy between beliefs and behaviors. Uh, I sometimes use the term divine discontent (laughs) Uh, when you believe something strongly or repeatedly behave a certain way and then you suddenly add a new picture or belief or behavior to the mix. Your brain will do everything in its power to resolve the discrepancy. It will strive to bring about the new behavior or picture circumstance in order to get rid of the feeling of discomfort. So she gives an example from a book called A Theory of Cognitive Dissonance by the psychologist Leon Festinger. He says he likens this process to how your brain reacts when you're hungry. Whenever you feel hungry, the brain sends signals to your body to eat. In other words, it causes you to take those actions which will resolve your hunger. Similarly, when you begin speaking differently about your future and picturing it differently in your mind, your brain will also cause you to take those actions to bring about this exciting new future. So what she's saying is, When you start shifting your language and when you're shifting your language, you're actually shifting the images in your mind. And then you look around your experience and it's inconsistent with what it is that you are affirming, saying, speaking about your life and the images that are going on in your head. It creates the cognitive dissonance that that pushes you to close the distance between your physical reality or experience and the ideal that's in your mind because like wait a minute what's going on here now we know this already works already i always tell people when people have situations happen that are that are inconsistent with what they believe about themselves they'll work like heck to get it back to wherever it needs to be and then once that happens they'll chill no big deal. They'll just chill. You know, a person um, loses, you know, their job, they're laid off or fired. And they'll tend to get a job that's very consistent in, in, in salary to the old job. Now, say, for instance, they can't get one in initially. They'll go get a second job to combine to make up the money of the first because their mind won't let them live at below, below a certain level. So they'll do whatever they need to do. And if but it it works both ways, by the way, you if if opportunity presents itself, that's beyond your language and the imagery in your mind, you will set yourself up to bring yourself back down to where you believe you belong subconsciously. It's not a conscious act. It's self-sabotage. It's unconscious self-sabotage. But anyway, back to the book. She tells a wonderful story about her um, swimming match, etc. That's really powerful. I'm not going to read it because I'm trying to hit the points. But it's a real powerful story. You should check it out. So she asks a question at the end of that story with her and her grandma Bernice. What could you accomplish simply by shifting your language about your future? I'm going to give you an example of how language is shifted how language shifts future. When when um, anybody's ever been married will know that the concept of engagement shifts your future. So the language, the, so the, the, the words, will you marry me, for instance, shifts the future. Now you're planning, a, you're planning a different future based upon those words alone. The words I do, when it's, when you're standing in front of the officiant uh, on, on your wedding day, shifts or creates a new future. Now your imagery, now your words, now your thoughts and feelings have to be in alignment with that, with those words. And life doesn't work when your words and your experiences are not in alignment. So, What do you need to marry or connect yourself with for a preferred future? Reverend Ike used to say, I am is your first name. And whatever you put after I am is your last name. So (laughs) I am Will take on, or marry, whatever you attach to it. I am takes on the name of your words. Name, metaphysically, means nature. So, I am takes on the nature of your words. So, I am prosperous, I am rich, I am healthy, I am peace, I am love, I am joy, I am wisdom, and I am understanding. I am, I am, I am positive, uplifting, spiritual qualities. That's what I am becomes. I am can show up as business. I am can show up as jobs. I am can show up as relationships. I am, I am, I am, because that's all what's happening. All the time. But also, I am is showing up as the beliefs you have that are not necessarily consistent with your your highest good. And I know somebody might be saying right now, I'm not using the words I am this or I am that, so how is it showing up? Emmett Fox gives the key. He's, he wrote that anytime you mentally associate with something, you're saying, I am that. So, when you attach yourself to something, mentally, you also attach yourself to everything that goes along with it, and you have the power of God to back up that experience. Because I am is God in you. It's the power. So when you uh, mentally associate yourself with victimhood, you're saying, I am a victim. When you associate yourself with a particular illness, you're saying, I am that illness. I'm so dedicated to this that I don't even use words like I am and then use the word tired to go with it. I'll say my body needs some rest because that's a fact. But I am is God. I am can't be tired. I am is God. I am can't be sick. I am is God. I am can't be broke. I am is is a state of being. That's why Mike Todd, Elizabeth Taylor's one of her ex husbands, said once, I've been broke many times, but I've never been poor. Hmm. Hmm. He said, I've had the experience of not having the money, but I've never been poor. Why? Because poor is a state of being, it's a way. It's a context, it's a paradigm that you live out of. It's a mindset. It's the understanding of something. Because when you have a certain type of mindset, certain things you just don't allow. Certain things just can't be in your experience. Certain things just don't align up. Line up with who you are. One of the proudest dad moments I ever had. Was we, I was watching TV with my daughter one day, and she was like eight years old. And on the on, on the show, it was a joke. One of them shows where they did a joke, and they had this um, cockroach or something on the on the on the show. And my daughter asked me, "Dad." is that a roach? And I had this proud moment of realizing my my daughter didn't know what a roach looked like. Now I wish I could have said that cuz I had, you know, you know, you go over people's houses back in the day when you're younger and you know, you know, and you got to check your pockets when you leave type stuff. <laughs> but it dawned on me that she didn't even know what that meant. And that was a proud moment like <sighs> Yeah, I'm doing something right here. Now, that might not be a big deal for some people, but when you've seen those levels of poverty personally, it's a big deal. Because that says that that's something that she can't ever be comfortable with. But there's people where you go to their houses and these roaches are going up and down the walls and cars and I, excuse me, if, if this disturbs me because I know just The imagery of what I'm talking about disturbs you, but that means you got to get over it because you're allowing language to dominate how you feel. But that's a different conversation for another day. And they're comfortable in that mess. They cook in that mess. They sleep in that mess. They invite guests over into that mess. And people are comfortable in that mess. That means that you're comfortable in that mindset. It's not just an experience. It's a mindset. When you walk into situations or circumstances that are inconsistent with what you believe you should be experiencing, you should leave. Unless the Holy Spirit has guided you to be there for a specific purpose, there's no reason to be there other than lower your level of consciousness now you're vibrating on a different on a lower level than you were before because if you keep hanging around low level consciousness folks it will rub off on you now i know that don't sound nice and i know we got people we love and we know we got people that's family whatever i'm not saying dis disown your family i'm saying See them, and, and, and if stuff happens or goes on that you don't agree with or are not in alignment with your consciousness, that's when it's time for you to put on your coat and if you're late, you know, whatever, your shoes or your, your high heels or your boots or whatever, and keep it moving. Because what you have to protect at all costs is your mind. At all costs. No matter what. You, gotta, you have to protect it. You have to protect it. It is the most valuable thing you have because it doesn't make a difference how spiritual you are if your mind is out of alignment. This is why the Apostle Paul wrote, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, you're a spiritual being. Great. Is your mind renewed? This is why it says in Mark chapter 1 verses 14 and 15 that when Jesus showed up to begin his ministry, he was saying, repent. Repent? What is repent? Change your mind. And as Rocco says is, 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 is metaphorical. It means turn back to God. Make an about face. Rocco Erico, Aramaic Bible scholar. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. That was Jesus' message. According to Mark, that was the, Mark was the first gospel written. And he said when Jesus showed up in Galilee to preach, that's what he was preaching. Repent. Change your mind. The kingdom of God, God's presence. Is at hand. Repent. We've made this thing, you know, you know, because we have all these religious uh, thoughts about that word. But all it means is change your mind. Because the thing you have to protect at all costs is your mind. You will never outperform your consciousness. You will never outperform your conversation. So it looks like we're coming up to the last break. Um, If anybody does want to call in, you can call in at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
2: What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet? You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransformsunity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms.
3: Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm moving on from the language part because I, I think I'll get stuck there. Um, uh, I got more metaphysical than I intended to uh, get but I wanted re- I wanted to really drive home that point about language because you get that part you, you'll get it y- your language has to shift a person should know you by your language uh, so if somebody says you said something a person should know no he would never say that oh, she would never say that because they know you enough because your language is consistent you know um, you know, I'm known to have a healthy self-esteem, I'm, excuse me, uh, self-image or healthy self and healthy self-esteem. So nobody, if somebody came up to somebody and said I was down in the dumps and talking about how bad and woe was me and whatever, a person will automatically know. Galen didn't say that because it's inconsistent with who I am. My language is consistent. Now, oh, here's the thing. A person don't even have to like it, but they know it's consistent. You know, if somebody said to me that uh, that that President Trump was on TV saying, I, um, you know, I made some mistakes, uh, I'm asking for your forgiveness and love, and I really appreciate um, the grace you've given me, and I thank God for it. I was like, he didn't say that. Or somebody wrote it. It's inconsistent with his personality. I'm not throwing throwing shade his way. I'm saying that he's a person who doesn't believe in apologizing. Therefore, it will be inconsistent. The thing about it is people know you by your language. What comes out of your mouth and what you do. Because even what you do is a form of language. So when she says, shift your language, shift your mind, she literally means it. She literally means it. All right. She then goes on to say, live in your light by freeing yourself from old constraints. And she says there's three ways you basically do this. One, strive to be at peace with all your choices, actions, and decisions, including all of your past actions. In other words, you got to free yourself of that past stuff. You got to free yourself. You got to let it go. Why? Because you are holding on to something that's dead and you're keeping it alive and you're allowing it to affect your present and your future. Now she talks about in the book, how to release and let go and whatever. You can read that stuff on your own. I'm just giving you the key points Two, start looking for what's possible in your life. Then she wrote, plan for what you want to create, not what you want to avoid. I love this. She says, when you speak in the language of possibility instead of the language of avoidance, you will be constantly breathing life into every situation. The language of possibility instead of the language of avoidance. Now, notice how she's using these words. She's saying that possibility has a certain language, a way of communicating. And avoidance has a way of communicating. And if that's the case, then prosperity has a language and poverty has a language. Just think about that. Um, (laughs) You know, I I wish, and I'm not in the medical profession, but I wish hospitals uh, were named after the results they want. (laughs) You know, the healing center or something like that. Now, that's just my wish, because I think it speaks a different language than, um, you know, know, whatever XYZ disease center. You know, and maybe that's why I like uh, the when hospitals name themselves after religious terms or even, you know, Catholic saints or whatever, because at least it's aligning it with something that they feel is sacred. You know, we have to be careful of the language. You know, when I tell of my uh, testimony of how I work with New Thought to overcome what the world calls the challenge of asthma. Um, I was I was saying it um, in class last week, just briefly, the, and somebody said something to me about it. Well, I have it too, I, it's basically. And I said, I don't have it. I, I mean, I cut it off like immediately. That's not something I have. That was an experience I had. I don't have it now. I don't have it nor its symptoms. But I'm not going to let that even slip in my mind even as a conversation. I'm not going to consistently have conversations. I'll tell it as a testimony because it encourages people to go forward. But I can say it as a testimony because I'm detached from it. Some people try to give testimonies and they aren't free emotionally from what they're testifying about, so they get caught up in their own story. I don't even give a leg room. If anybody comes to me talking about something I have, I don't have it. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, that's me. Because I understand the power of language. Now, if, there, if, if something was going on in my physical body, then I would have to have my language stated in some way that allows that to happen without me being in it uh, so I can maintain my integrity with myself. One, two, tell the people who need to know just the pure facts without the story, and then get back on my healing spiritual agenda doing the things, whatever they might be to get myself in alignment, even if it does mean getting the human help that I need to get while I'm working with my mind because that's one of the things that people don't recognize, which has nothing to do with this book, but I guess I just got to just do say what's coming up. Uh, There are people who won't take the medicine, won't go to the therapy, won't go to the rehab, won't get the assistance or whatever. And Reverend Coleman would say, go to God And go to man as God directs. So if you can't get the healing through consciousness alone, then go get the human assistance as God directs. And if that means that you got while you're working on your transformed, renewed mind, you gotta take the pills and take the pills. I'm fighting the process. I can meditate for 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 hours every day so I don't have to wear these glasses that I wear or I could put some glasses on and continue helping people and putting that energy towards that now if I ever wanted to shift and made that my whole existence of I'm going to make demonstrate this truth then that's a conversation or I can put the glasses on and, 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 and stay doing what I need to do until I consider that a real concern for me it really isn't get my point my point is Your language is going to matter and there's a language of avoidance and there's a language of possibility. Start looking for what's possible in your life and start using language that celebrates you, celebrates your goals. That doesn't mean you don't have to address the things that you need to clean up in life because that's one of the things that I sometimes uh, don't like about some self-help teachers they try to put lipstick on a pig. And what I mean by that is they don't deal with the beliefs that need to be eradicated. She, She's not one of the Lisa's a keep it real type person, but I'm just using this in general. You still got to do your cleanup work. You still got to do the things you need to do to make sure that this stuff works. All right. She goes on to say, you need to answer the question why. Why? Why? And then why? Why do you say ask the question? Why? Because it helps you clean up instead of getting caught up in the what. Clear for your mind the why, and then keep it moving. But just realize, uh, whatever your whys are, or aren't it's still your story. You can just say, "This is what happened." Be free and keep it moving. Then she says. And we're going to allow this to be the last point. Then I'm gonna, um, Well, one of the last points, two more points, and then we're going to stop. Stop lying to yourself about your past experiences. In other words, you told yourself stories in the past that were not true, but you accepted as true about why you don't have what you want in life. Stop lying to yourself. You know, and she gives some examples um i don't have enough money to start my own company truth there are multiple ways that i can fund my startup company save aggressively for my day job start small and grow strengthen my business concept and get investors now depending on which one of those things you'll do will determine your next steps I we want you to get that um uh, Save aggressively from a day job looks differently than start small and grow. It could work together, strengthen my business concept. In other words, what is it that I don't know that I need to know to do what I want to do? Some people jump out without the skill set or the team needed to be able to help them prosper. And now you're learning on the fly. What what am I saying? I'm saying that I'm a big believer in sometimes you got to jump because that's part of faith. But make sure your faith jump is is spirit and not you jumping out and then looking around like Peter. Now you've taken the faith step. You look. You take your eyes off the crisis. You start looking at the crisis. You start looking at the turbulent water. But that's what we do. I'm going to take this faith step. Now, that's not the only thing you need to do. You got to keep your eyes on the intention, and then whatever is needed to go along with that intention. When you start looking at the problem, now you're not developing, you're not growing, you're not asking the right questions, you're not connected with the right people. In other words, you're not in tune. The face step is the first step. It's not the only step. Now you have to allow intuitive knowing, you have to allow experience and skill sets and whatever else is needed to guide you through the process. And spirit will use everything that you know and guide you to get what you don't know or connect with the people who have what you don't know so you can do what you need to get done. But but the faith step is just the first step. I think I'm going to stop here because, um, again, you read the chapter and you get the rest of the goodies out of that chapter because next week I'm jumping to the next chapter. So, um, again, if you don't have the book, get the book. Do your own reading. Be committed to it. Give yourself a certain amount of dedicated time to working with the material, 30 minutes a day, whatever. And I know it can be done because almost everybody I know can waste 30 minutes easily scrolling on their phone and apps, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, Snapchat, uh, emails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're important enough to take time to do your own study work. So with that, we're going to end the show. I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless.
0: Dorothy Day, a co-founder of the Catholic worker movement in America, called for not a revolution of arms, but a revolution of the heart. Since the beginning of our nation, the American Revolutionary War, and long before that, actually, there's not been a time without conflict somewhere in the world. Makes you stop and think, doesn't it? Certainly we live in challenging times. Each day brings seemingly limitless opportunities to take offense. And each opportunity offers me a choice. I can give a knee-jerk response in fear or anger, or I can choose consciously to respond in love. My choice may seem insignificant. After all, I'm only one person. But as history has taught us, one person can make a difference. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
1: Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on A Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
4: Be sure to grab the latest issue of Unity Magazine and read the interview with Ram Dass, the iconic spiritual leader of the 60s. He's now focused on how to age consciously. Spiritual author Thomas Moore reflects on grumpy old men and women. And Barbara Bowen writes a touching story about her experience as a caregiver to her mother with dementia. To subscribe to Unity Magazine, go to Unity.org and click on Publications.